and welcome to Say That, the podcast where your questions get real answers. My name is Matt King. I'm your host here in the city of Chicago. Join me here is Glenn Fitzgerald, the president of Mission USA. That's right. I'm the president. So joining us is Jed Brew, the director of Mission, Mission USA Productions. I am not the president. Good confirmation. Joining us all the way from Rutgers, Tennessee, one of the pastors of Christ Community Church, Lee Younger. I think that by this point on the show, Matt should have gotten us one of those applause tracks and laugh yeah. tracks. Right. Totally. If he cared, he would do that. That sounds like a lot more work than I'm willing to put into this, to be honest. <laughs> now, maybe Just if- like when you uh, you announce Glenn, it's just like... <sighs> right. <sighs> Say that is filmed is at Universal crazy. Studios before a live studio audience. But one of those, it, it's one of those like uh, laugh tracks where the laughing cuts cuts off unusually quickly. You know, <laughs> yeah. ha, 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 ha. that kind of you know one of those. You know, I'd really like to have the canned orchestral music for one of it. One so it says it's a really poignant kind of thing. You know, da, da, da. exactly right. Yeah. Sure, that's good. Uh, one thing we wanted to, we didn't want to start out this. Uh, this episode by sending condolences. Yeah, we don't do this mm. often, mm. and I feel like we're we're showing ourselves as being the bigger men here because most of you know we have a uh, a podcast style rap feud with uh with Mr. Joel Osteen. Yeah, he doesn't know we're in a feud with him, but That's... he's he's the top of the the iTunes Christian podcast charts, and uh, we're gunning for him. Yeah, pretty openly, we've not made it a secret. We've uh, really tried almost everything we can to get his goat, to get him to respond and admit that we exist. Right. And he hasn't yet, but we feel that that's just part of him playing the long game. Yeah, it's a pretty fierce rivalry. Sure. Well, you, and you may have heard this. This was, we record every couple of weeks. So this was a, a few weeks ago at this point. You may have read this on the news. Somebody robbed Joel Osteen's church. What? That's a true thing that happened uh, on a Sunday morning. I guess there's a safe at Lake something lakeview lakewood, lakewood. The, i think it's lakewood all right whatever the name of this church is somebody robbed the uh, the cash take from one sunday morning a uh, fun footnote if those of you who wonder how churches are in america that was six hundred thousand dollars from just the cash of one sunday morning of donations wow and you know that they take that in pretty regularly because in his in their full statement their response was in so many words eh They'll get it back. We were uh, we were around here and uh, we were drawing a comparison. There was a uh, so it may surprise some people to know this, but uh, Chicago is a city that's not um, unfamiliar with crime. Um, so mm. a lot of actually uh, South American, Central American cartels, drug cartels, have Chicago as a main importation point. And one of them got somebody uh, ripped them off for about half a million dollars worth of product, and uh, they decided that to retaliate was not worth it for that amount of money yeah just bring too much right. bad attention all right yeah just won't worry about they it. work to actuarial tables to say you know it's just doesn't sure they sense. ran the business and that's less money than joel osteen <laughs> decided it wasn't worth i do like the idea of a don corleone style meeting in the back in the back of uh, the joel osteen world headquarters there where they're deciding whether or not they're going to go to war for this yeah yeah <laughs> really yeah. running the numbers yeah well and, well, but you know, all kidding aside, we do want to say that's that's not cool for someone to do that. We do right. put out our condolences. We right. Well, I feel like that almost means we should declare something. What should we declare, Jed? I'm wondering, should it maybe be like a condolence emergency? An emergency of condolences. <laughs> I, I don't think know, it this is. is a declaration, more of a just a random observation. Glenn has been suspiciously quiet during this discussion. Um, I would just like to say that there's are unfounded attacks <laughs> that are uh, uh, baseless. I've never seen you wearing a black turtleneck before, Glenn. And that's interesting. Uh, it's, it's, uh, you know what, uh, you don't normally wear night vision goggles during the recording. Why? (laughs) I don't know why there's all this suspicion because it seems like whenever Joel Osteen comes up, we all turn on each other. Sure. Sure. Uh, sure. We've all thought of robbing (laughs) Lakewood. Yeah. I mean, we've all thought if there's anyone listening to this podcast at home, who hasn't said, of course, let's put on black turtlenecks and break into the church and steal their money. Just, you know, to have a little extra gum money, you sure. know, a little, little extra, you know, uh, for snacks and 600 chips. 600 Gs, and stuff. that's a lot of gum. Yeah. yeah. So, um, you know, but 
I, you know, uh, I, I would never do a thing like that because, uh, you know, I'm, uh, you know, uh, I'm above it. Sure. Glenn, how come you have a hover chair tonight and the rest of us have normal <laughs> chairs? I just want to point out that let's let's just go say Glenn's uh, assumption there is true and we've all had intricate fantasies of robbing the Joe Losing World Headquarters. And, of course, we all have uh, many connections in Houston. Oh, wait, that's just Glenn. Okay, I was I was born in Houston. Actually, I was born in Pasadena, Texas should be said which is outside of houston not far outside but it's it's outside and uh for all of our listeners in houston pasadena is the really fancy part of houston don't tell anyone that that's a big fat lie thank you <laughs> uh but um here's the thing about uh uh you know uh joel osteen being robbed of more than a half a million dollars on one Sunday, not in cash in cash, not including uh, credit card donations and what have you. Um, I'm thinking, uh, you know what we ought to do? Tell me. Start a mega church. Ooh, that's a good choice. Why don't we just do that? Well, Glenn, you say that like all mega churches taking that amount of money. I mean, surely Joel Osteen is an aberration and it's not like there are dozens of these across the nation that all take in this ungodly sum every Sunday. Well, you know what I, I normally I would think, well, the key thing is do a lot of good ministry. Right. right. That's the main so. deal. But that's but, how business works. You do your thing best and it becomes popular. You know, uh, Apple yeah, makes the best computer. They make the most money. You know, uh, advertising probably has nothing to do with that. Certainly not. But here's the thing is, uh, uh, I, you know, I would think, you know, let's, let's minister to people who have the least amount of, of ministry coming their way. That would be like the key thing. But these guys, they have a great idea that I never thought of before is you go into the suburbs where they already got a zillion churches, right? Start another church. Okay. Then you make half a million dollars every week yeah. in cash. Yeah. That, you know what? That, that's what we call loot, right? Okay. There. Sure. Sure. You sure. want the loot. You know, Are you picturing a Scrooge McDuck situation here? Or Look, is it the vault filled with gold coins? I thought in my in my mind, I thought we were getting rich doing this. Well, we are on internet dollars. Oh well, okay, sure. So, which which are headed your way very soon? We got to right. figure out things with the conversion rates and customs and. Because you you got to protect them internet dollars. You don't sure. want to get them stolen like Osteen's. No, real absolutely. Money. You got to no. put them in the internet vault. There you go. So don't even think about it. Right. Don't even think about it. If you're thinking, look, probably what's happening is that international thieves trying to rip off people, sure. the right? Bitcoin bandits. They start with <laughs> Osteen, but you know they're coming for us next. Sure. Totally. Don't even try it. Our internet dollars are safely secured in, in, the, in, a, in a vault, internet vault. Yeah. Boom. Done. Yeah. Forget about it. Okay, but back, let's go back to your plan about the megachurch. You say right. you go to a rich suburb where there are there's a church on every block, a giant church in every block, right? And you go into massive debt building a huge one, right? Have a big old uh, advertising budget, right? And then the, is that where we pick up the story? What else do we need to do? Yeah, here? well, you, you, we go into debt, we, huge advertising budget. Then the people come in and then they pay down the the money that we went into debt on. But there's a problem. By the time we get all those people in, the building's full. Sure. So what we got to do is build a bigger building to house the people that paid off the last building. Now, that you say we have to. Now, why couldn't we start another church who has a different pastor, maybe where other people live, and they could go there? Well, it's a fascinating question. The problem with that is it's not all about everyone thinks I'm cool, and I'm oh. in charge of a big old empire where everybody adores me. And I get the loot. Sure. See, and I have the fanciest hoodie. Because you know, because otherwise, you know, what you have is just regular church. What we're trying to do is the church where you get the loot. Sure. That's I got an idea thing. to truly kick it up a notch. Okay. Because they got the mega churches already. Right. But taking the finest in Japanese cinema as our inspiration. Right. I'm talking about starting a super mega church. <laughs> I love where this is going. All right. We push a button. We sound the alarm, and all of the mega churches come together. To form one mechanized super mega church. It's a Voltron church. Is <laughs> it is saying. a Voltron church that defeats the forces of evil. Yeah. 
Uh, I think this is possibly the greatest thing I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> I think, See, uh, yeah. I want to make fun. I really do because it brings me joy. But when you think about it, Voltron Church, just as a, a term, yeah. is no more ridiculous than Mega Church. Yeah. It which really, we've all just learned to accept. Thing, you know, That's a really uh, good point. Yeah. It's, uh, you know what? I'm going to start. Tell and me. This, I got these guys beat. Tell me. It's an ultra church. Ooh, I like Ooh. an ultra church. And it is even bigger than a mega church. And that's how you know it's cool and really super holy. Does it shoot laser beams out of its eyes? Obviously. This is what I'm talking about. I mean, if I can't shoot laser beams at my enemies, why am I even planting a church? Why indeed? <laughs> okay. So you're saying we'll, we'll know your ultra church is better than mega church because it's got more people in it. Right. I assume there will be more campuses. Sure. It'll oh, yeah. be franchised, yeah. which we all know applies all the way across the world, and that's how you know McDonald's is better than Morton Steakhouse, because right. there's right. more of them. Yeah. They franchised it. Y yeah. 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 I mean, you want to be the McDonald's of Christianity. Well, well yeah. Yeah. That works for me. That works sure. for me. Yeah. You know, there's that's... nothing more delicious to me than a McNugget that's been sitting around a while. That you wouldn't want to go to like a fine, uh, you know, Michelin star rated. Oh, uh, you wouldn't want to go to is a restaurant where the chef knew you and mm. knew your tastes, or and my, had been making this kind of food for a long time. You want to go to the one that's got billboards at McDonald's. Right. They got billboards. They, they got do. nothing billboards. but billboards. You wouldn't want grandma's home cooking. No. You don't want that. Does grandma have a billboard? You, I you, don't think you, she you does. You want a hamburger that's been served to several billion people. Did, gram <laughs> did grandma's restaurant spend $250,000 making her cookbook a New York Times bestseller? I don't think so. On that basis, I declare a secondary emergency. Wow. Secondary emergency. <laughs> it, it rarely occurs. Judges, can we allow it? Ding. <laughs> Carry on. Wow, that was pretty definitive. That ding. <laughs> Here's the thing is, I'm on the internet. Don't mock the ding. And, oh, I won't. I take the ding very seriously. Um, I'm on the internet because you know when you got to be on the internet. That's where sure. that's where all the stuff's happening. Well, it's a series people. of tubes. You got to keep motion through it, or they'll get all clogged up. But you don't want them. You, you my gotta, auntie you, keeps telling me just to put things on the twitters, and my career will really take off. This is my true I'm thing that happened. <laughs> <laughs> so here's the thing: is I'm on that internet trying to figure out what's happening with the people. Now there's a mega church. Uh, here it's not an ultra church it's just a mega yeah, church mega. Right. absolutely not like the the ultra church that i'm going to start sure um it's just a regular mega church and the name of that church i thought was willow creek <laughs> but it turns you may out recognize that name from a previous episode where they built a 10 million dollar poverty center in a very rich suburb to defeat turns out it worked because there's no poverty in that to very defeat rich poverty $10 true story building. They so, shot lasers out of their eyes at poverty. At poverty. At poverty. And you know what? Problem solved. Here's what now happened. Now everyone in this neighborhood drives an Audi. I mean, everyone <laughs> in this neighborhood before drove an Audi, but it's still happening. So I'm on the internet. I'm looking up, and it says Willow Creek the movie on the thing. I'm like, wow, it's a, it's a movie about how they cured poverty by building a building? That and sounds lasers. awesome. I imagine, like me, your first thought would... I'm not putting it past the mega church to make a mo major motion picture about itself. Right. So I looked at the 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 movie, and guess what? Uh, I you have to be careful. We talk a lot about uh, uh, using good discernment about the church sure. you go to. Turns out this movie is a documentary about two people who go to Willow Creek, and they are uh, are looking around and investigating, and they end up being savagely. Uh, 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 attacked by Sasquatch. Okay, what? Glenn. I, I'm actually, I haven't seen it on this out yet, but I'm familiar with the movie you're talking about. I believe it's about a town where there are, it's a f real town, but a fictional story about how there, this is a town where Sasquatch enthusiasts gather. Right. And right. that's all the part that's true, by the way. But uh, it's a fictional story said that universe, but that town is called Willow Creek. Washington I or Oregon, California. I yeah, but that's like two words, and Willow Creek Church is just the one word. I don't think that's the same thing. You know, I zoned out there for a minute, right? As I do, yeah. You guys are saying that if I go to Willow Creek on yep. Sunday morning, I can meet Sasquatch. I'm telling you, look, if you're not prepared to deal with Sasquatch, I don't think you go to Willow Creek. Okay, well, if you died tonight, do you know for sure 
you would meet Sasquatch. That's here's, what I'm here's the to thing say. is, you guys don't know this because the the guy uh, us guys on this podcast, we are from the southern United States. And down here in the right. south, listeners, and especially our international listeners, you might not know this, but we have our own word for Sasquatch. He's called the skunk ape. <laughs> Seriously? <laughs> and this, um, is a tr- this is a true thing. Matt, you Lee, can back me up on this. I grew up in the this. same town you did, and I've never heard that skunk until this very ape. moment. No, you have heard this about the skunk ape. Inaccurate. Surely. Don't tell me what I've heard of, younger. Um, here's what I'm Go saying ahead. to you. In, in East Tennessee, they call him the skunk that ape. That does sound okay. much more threatening, to be fair. <laughs> because he has he's odoriferous. Right. Uh, he he has an offensive odor. and right. uh, And here's the thing is, what I heard is, Wherever, like, wh- whatever mega church you go to in, you know, different regions of the country, you know, or different countries, like, if you go to, into a mega church in, you know, certain parts of Asia, you will be attacked by a Yeti. Right. If you go to a mega church in Tennessee, you don't know, but the skunk ape might be right there behind you. You're if, trying if, to take communion or something. Yeah. Skunk ape. Because here's what happens. Uh, you have a primitively evolved, uh, uh, you know, branch off of your uh, your uh, Homo sapiens here, right? That lives in the woods. You know what? He's he's seen the billboards. Sure, absolutely. He's heard the hype. He wants to know what's going down because Sasquatch don't have a lot of discernment. No, you know what I mean, no. They don't call him a skunk ape because he really knows how to, where to find a good church. No, you know what I'm saying. Well, he he's fresh off the the bus to the new city, and he just. Wants to find a nice church, so he goes right. to the first one that he sees, right? Which just uses him for his money, which is not like when the girl from Kansas gets off the bus in L.A. in the movies. Not at all. It's very like, different. Right. right now, I want to point out something that you said, which is actually very true. It's interesting that these mega churches they got the turfs, right? So you know, right? We're in Chicago around here. It is Willow Creek, right? You know, the Pacific Northwest, home of. Sasquatch, as we're led to believe. Absolutely. You got your uh, your Mars Hills in California. It's all um, Saddleback. There you oh, go. Um, Lakeview. There's a bunch, a bunch of them in Houston, a bunch in the southeast. Like, uh, what's it? Lee North Point? Is that North the one? North Point in Atlanta. All the way around Atlanta and up. So here's two things we know about the megachurch. Right. They've got their own curf tar- turf carved out. Right. And they're not willing to retaliate over a pittance of $600,000. Right. Yeah. I would like someone to tell me how the megachurch is different from international drug cartels. <laughs> well, now, let's be fair. Uh, I don't think Sasquatch really has any serious interest in drug trafficking, okay? That's, that's true. <laughs> he would be rather conspicuous. That's, that's, it's, that's not a beef he wants to start. Uh, you know, You're Sas- saying Sasquatch lives by the motto, don't start none, won't be none. That's exactly how Sasquatch <laughs> is, okay? Uh, but he's, he's like anyone else. He's prone to the hype, you know. Sure. You see the billboards, and you see the really super, super, almost creepily normal white family that said that's all on the billboards saying we love to go to whatever. And he says, "I gotta, I gotta go to this place. Right. Sounds amazing that they would spend money in a billboard. It must be the best church ever because right. you, you, they don't just sell this billboard space to just anybody. Sure, Transformers and, got a billboard. That's how you know it's a great movie. It, it, exactly right. It's probably going to win an Oscar and everything. So, you know, that's what... The, that's. I'm not saying if you uh, go to a mega church, uh, uh, the Sasquatch will stalk you and kill you in your sleep and cre- creep into your window at night. I'm just saying, be careful. <laughs> I Let me ask you it. this. Glenn, not to cut you off, Jed. Has anybody ever made a movie about Sasquatch stalking around a smaller local church? Not I don't all. think well, so. There you go. So there's your proof. And on that basis, I declare a double secret emergency off. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. We've we've talked a lot in this uh, over the life of this podcast. We we don't have nice things to say about the mega church because they don't deserve nice things to be said about them. But you know, we said you know make choices about church for yourself. As Glenn was saying, just be discerning. Ask the right questions, ask for a statement of faith, copy the budget. I think you need to ask about their Sasquatch policy. Absolutely. Because if they don't have a Sasquatch readiness plan, I don't know how they feel qualified to do ministry. Uh, you know, it's questionable. Absolutely. Well, we'd like to be able to develop a multi-stage Sasquatch readiness compound up here in Chicago. We sure would. The only way we're going to be able to do that is via bridge box. Mm-hmm. We don't have $600,000 laying around every Sunday morning that could just be caught on fire and we wouldn't notice. Or at all. <laughs> or really at all in any variety whatsoever. 
But the good news is we don't need that much. For the low, low price of $8 a month, you get lots of music, ministry, sermons, devotionals, Bible studies, lots of extra cool stuff. And that $8 does not go to sit in a safe, does not go to a giant building. It goes to doing, wait for it, it's revolutionary, ministry. Whoa. There are people in this city who need help, and we help them. Crazy. People who have come out of jail, people are trying to get out of gangs, people are trying to get out of homelessness, people are just trying to uh, get their life together, have some bad stuff happening. We want to help them. You help us do that by subscribing to Bridgebox. You can sign up, missionusa.com slash Bridgebox, and for a limited time, if you, when you do so, you can pick a piece of Say That merchandise to go along. You can get a t-shirt, you can get a beanie, you can get some uh, bracelets. If you like the music we have involved, we can give you a digital download pack of some stuff. Uh, you can also sign up for Lee's special Bridgebox version, missionusa.com slash BBLY, and get, while supplies last, the super awesome Lee Younger new t-shirt. Oh, yeah. All right, we're going to jump into our first question here. If you have this all the way to the end, we'll give you some ways to get in touch with this. This question came in anonymously at our Tumblr. It says, I have feelings for two Christian girls currently, and it's leaving me super confused. Based on what others around me say, one of them is kind of crazy and flirty with guys. Because of this flirtiness, I'm afraid I like her out of reciprocation. That is not an easy word for me to say this late at night. The second is more quiet and sweet, but I see the different ways she serves our fellowship and loves cares people around her. She also, in general, seems to have better habits than the first. What should I do? Glenn, start us off. Well, yeah, uh, this is one of those questions where you're tipping us off on what you're thinking, uh, by the way you were at the question. Trying to be Christian about it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, uh, you know, first and foremost, um, I don't like this idea because one of the things you say in here is, based on what other people say, you know, one's crazy and flirty, you know, um, is that crazy and flirty as in, expresses how she feels towards the opposite sex like a person and you know communicates her feelings in an honest and vulnerable way because that's neither crazy nor flirty uh or does that mean that you know that she's um you know aggressive sexually and is tempting guys in certain ways and is uh trying to be sort of a social butterfly and get attention from lots of different guys those are two very very different things and uh, sometimes people give you prejudiced feedback on what kind of a person that is. And I think we want to be careful about that uh, and careful about uh, working to try and meet other people's expectations when you're trying to pick who you're going to be with. Um, I, I don't think you want sort of a group consensus on who you ought to be with. You know yourself and you know uh, the kind of relationship that you want to have uh, better than others will. So I, I, I think you want to uh, maybe uh, tone down that kind of uh, even asking for that kind of feedback and, and trust yourself a little more. Um, and the last thing I'll say about this really, uh, uh, really you're sort of presenting us and I'm sure you didn't mean to do it this way, but what you're presenting us with is kind of to, uh, stereotypes of two different yeah. types of gals and we don't want to answer it uh in that way we don't we don't want to say you know flirty women are this way and you know well-behaved uh you know quiet and sweet women as you put it are are a different kind of way uh, uh but i think what what needs to be said here is that there are some young ladies and you can tell whether this applies or not there are some young ladies that um uh present themselves uh in a very sexualized way and they're very overt about that and that's a big part of how they get attention from men those women uh, are actually not uh sexually passionate people because it's as, a as a rule. As a rule, because there, it's a, sex is a means to an end. Uh, sex is a thing that you use to accomplish a thing. It's not to be enjoyed for what it is. That's just uh, that's the nature of the way those specific kinds of young ladies handle things. By contrast, there are certain types of gals who are uh, very um, uh, sweet and they're very um, it, it, uh, the, the thing I really like here is about how she serves others and cares for people as you say um, uh, and sort of the, the, the quiet and, and sweet type there are some gals who um, uh, have a, a perspective on physical stuff and sexual stuff where 
that's something that they're reserving for the right guy at the right time at the right place, at which point they will unleash Hello. the jungle cat that will spring forward and hopefully the guy can handle it. We'll have to see. We'll just have to see. Um, uh, that is for sure the kind of cow that you want to find. I'm sure you figured that out uh, partway through that explanation. Uh, so if that's who you're dealing with, then that's good. Um, uh, but I, I I will button it up with this. Unselfishness is sexy. Yeah. That's the thing. You will find a healthy, good uh, uh, w- relationship with someone who's unselfish, who's giving and vulnerable and uh, wants to serve others. It may not work out as a, as a romance. You may not click in certain kind of ways, but you'll have something that's good and healthy and it'll be something, you know, and I, I don't think you'll regret that. So um, uh, you, you know how to take that information and decide whether or not it applies to these gals. But uh, I, I think definitely when I see someone serving and sacrificing, I'm moving her up about three yep. pegs in my consideration. Absolutely, Jed. Well, my brother, you say that you have feelings uh, for two girls, and my question to you is, what kind of feelings? What do you mean by that, Jed? Don't answer what you mean by that, Jed. Just go (laughs) ahead. Which part of your body do you experience said feelings in? It, is it your heart <laughs> or somewhere eyes, else or your eyes would be the other option move oh. it along brewer here's the thing when i was a single dude um here, here's what i'm gonna suggest if you if you really truly want to answer this question effectively i'm gonna su- suggest that you start being brutally honest with yourself about your motivations when i was a single guy i knew gals that i um would love to have a physical relationship with um uh that i had no interest in having a relationship relationship with right, right. um uh, and the thing is if you can be honest with yourself about that it makes this decision making process a lot easier mm-hmm. um the, the, where we get in trouble is mm-hmm. when we have someone that we are physically attracted to that we're hot for but we can't be honest about that's what this is and we have to try and talk ourselves into oh no i i think we could really spend time together and build each other up for the glorification of the edification of the, oh God, she's hot. Right, um, yeah, right, right. If, <laughs> it, if you could just be honest, dude, she looks good in them pants. Right. I mean, I, and that's my interest here. That's right. that's what I'm about. Right. A, that may be the truth, which is right. always a good place to be. But, but and, and not to interrupt you, there's every chance she could look good in those pants and be a great Christian and a great match for Absolutely. You. But we want to clear what the motivations are, because again, um, if we're honest, everybody, male and female, has experienced looking at somebody and saying, I don't know if I even like them, but right. I'd kind of like to have a night with them. Right. right. Now, that's depraved. Right. That's, that's, r- that's wrong. wrong yeah. But that's in you. So yeah. let's be honest about that. Yeah. If we're not sure, if we're trying to divine what these feelings are and we're not sure, here's the, the thought experiment I'd encourage you to play. Pretend that tomorrow morning you wake up and you're blind. You can't see anything. And so just physical appearance won't make any difference for the rest of your life. Which of these two girls do you want to go out on a date with? Right. Think that through. Um, uh, I have a feeling someone immediately vanished from consideration. I have that same feeling. Uh, Here's what you need to know, brother, is a couple things. First, we all look the same when the lights go out. Um, You know, uh, that's just (laughs) that's the nature of life. Second is physical beauty fades. Uh, Everybody gets older. Uh, That's just that's just life, man. Um, There's a difference between the person that you want to have a one night stand with and the person that you want to build a life together with. Those two are not the same things. Um, uh, The building the life together part will actually work and will actually satisfy and actually be a good thing. And as Glenn is saying, a person that's a servant. A person that cares about the needs of others, those are, that's not just a good thing, those are essential ingredients. Yes, sir. For building a life together. Um, one other thing, man, is um, it, it'll sound weird to you, but um, I promise you it's true. Physical attraction is one of those things. Sometimes you see a person just kapow. Oh, my goodness. Right. Sometimes you see a person go, oh, that's, you know, that's a lovely person, and then you spend a little time with them, mm-hmm. and it's like it sneaks up on you yeah. and you go, how did I not notice how incredibly right. beautiful this person is? Right, right, right. It's blowing my mind. Right. 
all I'm saying, give yourself a chance to experience that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Don't don't let your first impressions, even of the physical, mm-hmm. be the last word on this. Mm-hmm. Um, try and figure out. You say you got feelings. Figure out what kind of feelings uh, we're talking about. Play that. What if I woke up blind game and see what we see? It's a good word, Lee. Uh, these are all great points. I, the the direction I'd like to take this thing is is that I don't like the idea that um, quote unquote feelings is like an irresistible force. Yeah. Like gravity. Yeah. And we have no choice. Once I feel feelings for somebody, it's now it's oh I have to I have to obey the force of these feelings. Um that's the that's the end all. That means we're done here. We're we're done talking about it because I have feelings for them. So that's the most important thing at play. Um Recently, this, well, this this past semester, I, I have like a, a small group that I lead with with high school guys, guys I'm real close with, and we decided this past semester that we were going to do this thing that we called the seminar, which is basically um, a lot of the dudes that I know, bless them, love them, have no game, just no game. Yes, sir. And so uh, we we decided to spend a semester just talking about. <laughs> how you have a relationship and how you do that in a godly way and how you talk to a woman and how you figure these things out and what, what, uh, you know, how you ask them out, how you break up, how, you know, how do you set boundaries? How do you have these conversations and stuff? We had a great semester talking about this stuff as we got near the end and we were kind of pulling up, kind of hitting the last notes. I was talking to my wife and I said, Hey, just as a point of curiosity, if you were going to, uh, you, you know, if you were going to throw your two cents in on the seminar, you know, and just like if you got to decide a couple of topics as a married woman who, you know, lived through teenage years watching guys be idiots and liking some of them and et cetera and all that kind of stuff, what what are some things that you would definitely want me to have covered in in talking guys through this stuff? And she said, I'll tell you one right off the bat. It was the answer was so fast. That it was like, whoa, you know, I didn't know that was in there. But she said, I'll tell you one thing that girls hate. You ready for this? Pick one. Pick one. Pick one. And don't have a couple on the hook. Don't do that. We hate that. We hate the idea of you got your options open and you flirt with this one, you flirt with that one, you're you're calling her, you're texting the other one, you're Snapchatting with this one, but you're you know you're writing notes to this other one, and you've got three or four people on the hook here and there, and I've got feelings for a couple people at once, and I don't know what I'm going to do about that. And here's what if if my wife was on this podcast right now, she would say that's a bunch of crap. You need to shut that down now. Pick somebody. Do that thing honestly. Talk to them about it. If it doesn't work out, you know, then it didn't work out. Then, you know, look around again. But don't do this thing for very long at all where you've got a couple people on the hook and you've got your options open. There's nothing where that's, you know, we uh, as Jed's saying, you've probably got different types of feelings for these two (laughs) people. And so I, I think that's obviously very accurate. But um, I, I don't like this idea of, uh, it's, it's pure and it's great and it's wonderful for me to have feelings for, you know, for several people at once. And I've just got to figure this out. I, it's kind of one of the, it's, it's kind of a, a mentality from that show, the bachelor. It's yeah. like, we're just going to like a ton of people. And then, you know, there's a certain number of roses you get, and I've got all this love. I've got love that can just go out, you know, and it's like, no, you don't, um, pick one. And, uh, and, and pursue that relationship in honesty and sincerity and, uh, and have some integrity on that. And, and, and we believe in you, brother. We, we believe that you've got the honesty yeah. that well, you've got what it takes to, to say, you know what, I'm, I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to look, uh, I'm going to look at my, at what my feelings are and figure them out. And, and I'm going to do this. I'm, I'm going to do this in a godly way. I'm going to do this in an honest way. I'm going to go for it. We believe in you and, and we think you can do that, but I definitely think you need to make that decision. Amen. It's all great stuff. I don't know what Snapchatting someone means, but it sounds like it should be reserved for the bonds of marriage. Well, pretty close. <laughs> yeah. <I laughs> One mean. thing I will tag on the end of that, I'm going to take a little different tag than these guys taken. I'm going to take out your word and assume you're having feelings, not pants feelings, <laughs> 
feelings <laughs> for both these people because it sounds like you might be like as Lee said a big portion of Christian dudes at this age who you don't actually have any dating experience or relationship experience you don't actually know what would make a good romantic partner for you and you've got kind of this person who has these attributes and this person has another one the only way to know which one of those would make a better partner for you is to date someone yep gotta ask somebody to coffee you can as these guys are saying if there's one that you like more than the other and you know you do the uh, the closed eyes test or whatever or let's say it's a full-on 50 50 shot flip a coin sure ask one of them out to coffee see what happens if it works out great if it doesn't work out at some point down the road, you can ask the other one out. Sure. Now, as Lee's saying, if you try to play juggle both of them, the longer you do that, the less likelihood of either of them wanting to date you goes on. Yes. But this idea that is buried in the Christian culture, I see a little bit of this, of like, well, I dated someone. I can't just date someone else now. Yes, you can. That's what dating is. <laughs> right. If, right. If this, if a person says, whoa, 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 I, I personally, I think you're neat and I would love to date you, but you have dated someone else in the time that I've known you. Therefore, <laughs> we can't do this. That is not a sane person you want to be dating. So that took care of itself. Much easier to steer a ship in motion. You've heard us say that before. Ask somebody out. It doesn't really matter which one. Ask somebody out. Holy crap. Ask someone out. Jed, one more thing. Ma, ma, ma. <laughs> yes. What are these pants feelings you were describing? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's offensive. Because you said she looks good in them pants. Feelings based on looking good in them pants. What I did see. you think I was wow, saying? Wow, nice recovery. Uh, wow. Just that. That's what I thought, that thing. Okay. Yeah, learned a little Safe. something. Moving on. <laughs> oh, All right. Our next question. The amount of restraint in this room in the last 15 yeah, minutes. Yeah, that's pretty good. Folks, we don't edit this podcast really ever, and that's a miracle sometimes. <laughs> yeah. All right, we move on to our next question here. It came from Anonymous Twitter Tumblr. It says, how do I get past the always having to have the right thing to say stage? People often talk to me about what's going on in their life. How do I get better at not jumping in straight away with an opinion? I always think of ways how I could have responded better or more thoughtfully afterwards. Jed, can you start us off? I can. My friend, thank you for your question. Um, more people should be asking your question. Yeah. More people should be asking questions. And I appreciate your heart, man. I, I appreciate you saying, look, I, um, uh, I'm i not quite getting it. I'm, I'm not sure what to do, but I, I do want to get it. That's great. That's yeah. no problem. We can work and with we, that. And we all struggle with that sense of timing. When do I jump totally. in? Yeah. That kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Here's the secret. Ask more questions. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. When you're yeah. talking to Say somebody... That. Keep asking questions. Yep. Um, uh, the 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 three uh, word phrase I use more than anything else when I'm in a counseling ministry situation is, "Tell me more." Yeah, right. I'm saying keep going, keep talking. Uh, the more they talk, the more I can understand what the situation is. I can know not just when to jump in, but but what to actually say, what and what to how to say it. You know mm-hmm. what what would actually be something they could receive. But now. Here, I think, are, are the two reasons why we're not always sure we want to keep asking questions like that. The first is it's easy, particularly early on in ministry, to be afraid that we're not a particularly sharp dude and really want something to happen that will convince us that we're a sharp dude. Yeah. Um, you know, if I could, so if I could say something that would minister to this person but would also reflect to me how smart I am at the same time. <laughs> That would be really, really great. Right. And there's right. a lot of people out there that are looking for that. Which moment. kind of shifts the focus of the conversation from helping them to making me feel like I'm good at this. That's exactly right. And we've we've all had that impulse. We've all, you know, had that moment of thinking that. But here's the thing. Let that go. Let that go. Um, what matters is your heart. If you got the heart, you're qualified to help on some level, even if it's just encouragement. Um whether or not you're the smartest guy in the room at any given moment, if you got the heart and you're doing something to help, again, even if it's just very simple encouragement, you're in the game. You're, you're doing this thing. You're living out uh, this, this Christian life in a meaningful way. That's enough. Uh, you, don't, you don't have to be super-duper smart. The truth is the more of this that you do, the smarter you'll get. The more questions like the one you just asked us uh, that you ask, the smarter you'll get. And there will come a day when you'll be actually be a pretty smart dude at this stuff, and that'll be great. But don't be in a rush on that. Um, you know, Be at where you're at and, and own that. I think the second thing that gets in the way that we're afraid of is we're afraid that it's going to come up and we just won't know what to say. Right. And then we're going to be, and now they know I'm a fraud. 
You know, now I'm, I'm exposed for what I really am. Well, here's what I'm going to tell you. Someone who's been doing counseling and ministry for a long time, there's going to be all kinds of stuff where you don't have any idea what Hello. to say. Mm-hmm. That's a guarantee. Yeah. I'm very blessed. Um, I'm, I'm going to put him on, on Front Street for a second. Glenn Fitzgerald is far and away the most talented counselor I've ever met in my entire life. Um, and it's true. Um, the thing is, I've heard Glenn say many times, well, I don't know. <laughs> I appreciate you sharing this with me. I, I don't let tell me more though, and I bet right. we can figure it out. Right, I bet right, we can right. get to a place where we can find something. But Glenn's again far and away the most talented dude I know on that is not afraid to say, "Look, at this point, I have no idea what to tell you. Right. That's why I need you to keep talking yeah, you and tell told me more." Me enough to where I can make an assessment here. Exactly right. The truth is, you don't know. That's all right. That's nothing to be afraid of. What you'll find here's the absolute worst case that's going to happen is uh, you know somebody says, "Here's my problem. I'm struggling with X, Y, and Z." And you say, all right, well, tell me more about that. And they talk for another 20 minutes. So you, maybe you ask a couple questions. You say, you know, you mentioned this, but wasn't clear what you meant. Do you mean right. more like this or more like this? And they talk for another 20 minutes. You say, okay, that makes me wonder about this other thing. You know, right. do you think this might be a thing? You tell me. And they talk for another 20 minutes. The absolute worst case is you've been talking for two hours and you look them in the eye and say, dude, I just don't know. Yeah. But here's what I do know. I love you. And I believe in you. Let me pray for you. Yes. I want us to have a prayer together. I'm going to go home and think about it. And then a couple of days from now, let me buy you a cup of coffee. And I'm going to see if I got anything smart for you at that point. Right. That's the absolute worst case scenario of what will happen. And, and, and not to interrupt you, but some people, they would almost prefer that where it's sort of this exploration and yep. discovery that we're doing together rather than the, than the wise person making yeah. it. Yeah. I'll tell you one more thing before I pass it to these other brothers. Um, people, ministry is always more effective when the person receiving it thinks it's their idea. Always. Yes. Every time. Yeah. People are not interested. When it comes to life change, people are not interested in the great word from on high that exhorts me. They don't want that. They, The vast majority of effective ministry conversations I have are we talk for an hour and a half. They're talking 95% of the time. And at the end of it, they have an idea in their head that they're convinced was their idea. Right. And I was just kind of sitting there just kind of being a sounding board more than anything else. And they, and they fixed it. They, they sounded it out and solved their own problem. That's great. That's what you want. Now, truth is, of course, I asked a lot of hyper-leading questions to help them think in the right direction, but I knew how to do that because I've been doing this a long time. I didn't know how to do that a long time ago. I know how to do it a little bit now. Ask more questions. Don't be afraid of them thinking it's their idea. Show love. When in doubt, show encouragement and tell them, I don't know, but I love you. I'll pray for you, and we'll figure it out together. Keep at it. You can do it. We believe in you. For sure, Lee. Uh, that's great advice. All you need to do is run that back and listen to it again. But I, I will say one thing, and 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 uh, this is one of those things that um, I, I'm totally okay with you not believing me on this. Um, I'm totally okay with you listening to what I'm about to say, and then at the end of it saying I don't believe that. But don't worry. When your time comes, you will. You'll see that I'm right about it. And and it is this. Um, sometimes people don't want you to say anything. Yes. Um, The other thing is the vast majority of stuff that you say in a counseling situation, they will not remember. Yes. I know that you don't believe me on either of those two things, but I promise you it's true. Let me tell you a couple of reasons why I promise you it's true. One is um, the darkest day I've ever had in my life. Um, uh, I I was 22 years old and... um, and I, you know, I, I called a couple of my friends who lived an hour and a half away from where I was, and I told them, "Hey, this is what just happened. This is what just went down in my life." The both of those guys dropped everything that they were doing, dropped their work, dropped all their appointments. They got into a car. They drove an hour and a half. They came to my apartment. We literally sat on my kitchen floor for about six hours. We didn't say anything. We didn't do anything. They didn't give any advice. They didn't say anything. We sat there, and they just hung out with me. Um, at some point, we, we went and got some food, and we brought it back to the place. We didn't do anything. And um, and the one of the dudes in that conversation, or one of the dudes in that situation, I've had endless <laughs> counseling conversations with and advice conversations and going, what do you think about this? What do you think about that? I probably remember 
like one half of 1% of all the things that dude's told me over the years. The main thing that I would tell you if you asked me the impact of this, of this brother in my life is I, I would say this is the brother that no matter what would drop anything and come be with me. Yeah. If I'm having a hard time. That's right. Um, this is the main thing is, uh, you know, as a counselor, are you communicating? I am for you. I might not know all the answers. And by the way, that's, as these guys are saying, it's a perfectly valid thing to say. I don't know the answer to that. Um, but, uh, but I'm here for you. And I'll pray for you, and we can talk about it. The, the people that you're counseling, sometimes they don't want to know an answer. Sometimes they don't need you to say anything. Most of the time, they're not going to remember anything that you say. The most important thing that you can communicate is that no matter what has happened to you, I am for you. I love you. And, I'll, and, and what do you need? You need some food? What do you need? You need somebody to hug you? What do you need somebody to pray for you? I will, I will pull that stuff off. I can, I can do that. I can be here for you. If you can be there for somebody, you don't have to be the wisest guy in the room. If you can be there for somebody, you're getting it across the line ministry-wise, and that's the key. Absolutely. Glenn? Yeah, there's, there's, you're getting the secret sauce here. Uh, yeah. you, these, these are things you definitely want to be remembering. This is uh, stuff that takes a lot of people in ministry years to figure out. Uh, what Lee's talking about is what the Bible calls mourning with those who mourn. Uh, those, the, the, the ingredients and the, the directions and, and the godly wisdom of that has, has been there. Uh, but we get caught up, as, as Jed is saying, in trying to be the super wise person and all that. One of the things you mentioned in here is uh, jumping in with your opinions. Um, let's go ahead and eliminate that altogether. Uh, here, here's a good thing. Don't ever have an opinion yeah. about anything. Just give Nobody yourself will, an opinionectomy. Yeah. just uh, I don't know if you know this. When people say that dude's really opinionated, that's an insult. Yeah. That's, uh, you don't, you don't want to be that guy. So um, when, uh, when you're in a counseling mode, uh, you're not actually sort of giving opinions about things. It's more important to discern what this other person's opinion is and then to express your own. Uh, what you want to hopefully try to at some point in the process is express wisdom. But as these guys are describing, that's often going to be several moves down the line. That's not, that's not uh, a step one thing. Step one is, is um, you know, having that. Uh, emotional connection with people. Second thing I would say, and I say this to every pastor that I talk with and counsel with, it's not enough to be right. Yes. What uh-huh. you're looking for is the right answer to these things in an academic. You want the, in an academic sense, you want to have the A plus answer to this uh, so that the other person must then accept it because it is so right. <laughs> This now does... I see, Glenn, that you are right. Therefore, <laughs> yeah. I will change everything that I've thought up to yeah, this point. I, I am inclined to disagree with you, but I know there's a Bible verse behind it. Therefore, I will fully accept everything that you're saying because I have no choice. <laughs> As uh, opposed to reality, when you lay out your ironclad academic Bible supported case and the other person goes, nah. Yeah, I mean, yeah the other person says, I just don't feel that's true. <laughs> now you're dead in the water. You know, it's not enough to be right. If you say stuff at, that is right straight out of the Bible and you're a big fat jerk about it, you're still wrong. Yeah. It, it your yeah. your your funky attitude doesn't is covered by that being technically correct. So if if a person like you who doesn't really have a funky attitude, you this may be more of a timing issue really more than anything, then it's important for you to recognize. Let me dispense all together with this idea of trying to find the quote unquote right answer to this. Here's why, uh, because. Everybody already knows what they should be doing instead of what they're doing now. Okay, okay. Everybody knows that. The guy at the buffet that weighs 400 pounds and is eating a biscuit knows he's not supposed to do that. 
You can't go up to that dude and say, you know, you really should eat vegetables. <laughs> You're not doing anything. He knows. They all know. Everybody knows. Wherever they are doing something wrong, they know. They know they're not supposed to do it. They might say, hey, you know, I have an excuse. And they they worked hard to come up with that excuse. Why? Because they know. They know. Your thing is, I got to tell them. I got to find some way to tell this guy what to do. They already know what to do. They ain't doing it. That's so you 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 have you're you're literally af- not doing or saying anything to affect what this person's about. So that's a road we want to close off right there as well. Um, so what do we do instead of all that stuff? As, again, I, I'm going to give you simple principles the way these guys are giving you simple principles. Here's what I want you to think about. I want you to think about what is what is the ideal solution to the situation, which you've already conceived of. Someone says, well, I'm dating this guy, but I find myself going to church less and more focused on the guy. Okay, we we all know Jesus needs to come first, blah, 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 blah. Everybody knows that. The the dumbest guy in the room knows that's the answer to the situation. That's the ideal. The person telling you this knows that's what they're supposed to do. They're looking for loopholes, and they're hoping to, you know, whatever. So by you saying, well, Jesus needs to come first, woo, 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 you're actually just um, reiterating that thing that they already know. So we want to take the ideal and separate that out from what's real. So the every good uh, piece of ministry starts with a reality and works your way towards that ideal. Bad ministry always starts with that ideal and ends there. Yeah. You are way over here stuck on something wrong. You need to jump from there to this ideal I just gave you. That's bad ministry. It never works. But if you say to someone who's dating someone and whatever, and they're caught up in that, and they're not going to church, and they're focused on that person, if you say to that person, I bet your whole life you've just been waiting to find that love and that acceptance, and you found some of that in church, and uh, you find some of that in your relationship with God, but right now you're feeling that from this guy in a super intense way. And what I'm wondering is, is there something I can tell you about God and your relationship with him and how he feels about you that can illustrate the difference between the kind of love that comes from any human beings, this guy, me, anybody, and the kind of love that God has for you. And what I want to do is start with the real feelings that they have that I'm not going to judge Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and I'm not going to have any opinions about. I'm just going to love them and sympathize with them where they're at, and I'm going to map out, see? I'm going to map out that journey from the real to the ideal. If I don't map that journey, they ain't going to take that journey. If I can't give them directions from A to B, they're not going to ever end up at B. They're not going to start and take the first step down the road towards that ideal until they can see the whole journey laid out in front of them. Yeah, right. So that's what, we, that's what we're doing when we're doing ministry, and that's what we would encourage you to look at. Absolutely, that's a great word. I want to point out, just take a little different tag on this, all these guys are talking about counseling stuff, which is absolutely right, and I just want to point out that this is the amount of subtlety and thought and intentionality you have to have in order to give someone advice who sat down and expressly asked you for your advice. <laughs> right, yeah. that's right. That's a, We're talking yeah. about the techniques we utilize when someone says, I want your opinion on this situation. You still have to do all this tap dancing to get them to listen to you. Yes. Right. That's the way people are wired, so I say that. If you, you, know, you say, I'm sitting down with friends, someone telling you their problem is not the same as asking for your opinion on it. Yeah, that's true. yeah, that's, that's a true. good point. Here's something I learned from both Glenn and Jed, who do, have done this to me. Glenn and Jed are both my mentors and my bosses, and I'll be telling them something, and they'll look back at me and go, do you, do you want advice on that, or are you just venting? And either right. option is fine. Yeah. Right, right, you right. say, no, I'm not in a place to hear advice. I want to be angry. The only thing I want to hear from you is I am angry as well. Carry like, on. That's cool. On. We're right. fine to do that's that. <laughs> you can just listen to somebody and go, man, that really sucks. You want to hear my opinion? <laughs> and they might say, no. Yeah. All right. That's fine. Because as Glenn said, I'm not t- my self-worth is not tied to the validity of my opinions. Right. That's right. So that's one way to do that. Just remember, advice needs to be asked for in some kind of way. Yes. All right, let's jump to our last question here. It came in anonymous with our Tumblr. It says, Proverbs 10.24 says, What the wicked dread will overtake them. I feel the need to do the Proverbs reading in very Charlton Heston right, Ten Commandments. Yeah. 
Proverbs just be, just get real the, angry, man. Sure, what the wicked dread will overtake them, what the righteous desire will be granted. That's pretty good, dude. Sure. Yeah. I like to believe that I'm righteous by the love of Christ. You are. However, I'm starting to believe that I may actually be more wicked because I am still single. No. You'll get your turn. <laughs> At some point, we're going to have this podcast really short where we just answer it via snarky no. remarks while reading the question. <laughs> Though I truly desire to be in a relationship and or preferably married. What do you think, Lee? Uh, uh, it's time to look for a new church. Yes. yes. Um, hey... That's Bless a real dumb heart. thing you've been told there, friend. That Bless verse you. was in KJV. You're giving us a hint. Yeah. <laughs> Bless bless your sweetheart. Um, hey, here's the deal. Let, let me just tell you something about myself here. Uh, I am a wicked, wicked dude. And I have That been was given... the name of his first album. <laughs> Lee Younger and... is a wicked, wicked dude. <laughs> kind of a blues exploration. And I have been given a life that is way, way too ridiculously good for, uh, you know, based on my track record. Let me tell you why that is. Um, what the wicked dread will overtake them, what the righteous desire will be granted. Here's the thing. God has given me a thousand times more than I ever could have asked for or desire. Um, I'm, I'm going to do just a little bit of, uh, we're going to talk about a, a couple little Bible verses, just a little bit of theology real quick, uh, from the book of Romans, um, to kind of talk about what you're talking about here in Proverbs chapter 10, Paul in, a, in the book of Romans says, but now apart from the law, the righteousness of God has been made known to which the law and prophets testify. This righteousness is given through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. There is no difference. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified freely by His grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. Here's what those verses are saying. The righteousness of God is a free gift that He gives for no cost, for no good behavior, for no, and you know, you don't have to earn it in any way because Jesus takes your place. And that's the thing, is that uh, I, I am a wicked, wicked dude with <laughs> wicked thoughts and the whole thing. Um, I, I should I should have the whole the all the stuff I dread come down on me. But Jesus took my place. We traded places. He said, "I'm going to take everything that you deserve, and I'm going to give you all the righteousness you could never earn for free." Period. That's it. The end. Not only are you forgiven. When God looks at you, you are as righteous as Jesus himself. If you've believed in Jesus, you are righteous. This, this does not apply to you. And if there is somebody in your life from a pulpit, and my, my inclination is to believe that they raise their voice a lot and that there's a lot of sweating going on when this is being told to you. <laughs> yes. I'm just guessing at this point. But if, if somebody is telling you this, and they are shaking their Bible at you, and they're saying that you uh, you are in the situation you are because God is somehow punishing you for your sin. You need to stand up and respectfully walk out of the room. Yeah. Walk out of the room and never, ever go back in there. Man, there are things that Christians say that they, they say it, and you know it gets subtly said, and people nod their heads to it. Like I, I've, I've heard Christians say this my whole life. They say this thing. They say, you know, you know, Glenn, you know what you don't want to do? You don't want to pray for patience, because as <laughs> yeah. soon as you pray for patience, God is just going to make your life miserable. I've heard that one, yeah. Uh, the idea that people have about God is, whatever situation, if you just give him the green light, he will make your life miserable. <laughs> God he is, is your vindictive aunt. Yeah, I, just happen, God, I just happen to think God has the exact same character as my emotionally distant father. I don't see what's wrong with that. <laughs> exactly. They, they, they think that God is just this fatuous, like, toddler. You know, just just give me permission to make your life a living hell. Please, please ask for patience. <laughs> you know, and then it's like, then I smite you with lightning bolts and make your life so terrible. That That's not the way that God works. I mean, you're not single because God is punishing you for your wicked thoughts. If you love Jesus, he took your place. He took all 
all of your wrong. He took all of your wickedness. The official record in heaven, and I want you to hear this, and I want you to hold on to this, and if you go into a church that says anything different from this, get up, turn around, and walk out of that one too. The official record in heaven over your life is that you are not wicked, but completely and utterly righteous. Amen. And you will not ever be punished ever again. Your singleness has nothing to do with you being punished. Now, if if you're single and you need to learn some things about, you know, getting into the dating world and and you know, uh, improving your game, now that's something we can talk about. But this idea that God is punishing you and you can tell by your singleness, we have got to move on. And if you're getting it from your church, which I'm assuming that you are, it's time to move on from there too. Totally, Glenn. Yeah. Um, uh, oh, honey. That's what restraint sounds like. Yeah. <laughs> here's what, here's what I'm saying. Um, let's just assume everything Lee said, which is in the Bible is not true. <laughs> uh, just to see if there's any in internal integrity in what you have conceived of here in your universe, you are single because uh, you are wicked, <laughs> and you're, the thing that you dread is overtaken you. And in this case, the thing that apparently that you dread is being single is overtaken you. Um, uh, my question is, have you asked anyone out? Because <laughs> that might be the cause of the singleness. I'm not well, that sure. That really cuts out of my sitting around being righteous time. Yeah. I wouldn't um, believe that if I fill up my righteous meter, someone will just appear. Because here's the thing is it could be caused by a wickedness that's not theologically correct, given that the Proverbs is in the Old Testament. We're living in the New Testament era, and then theology is completely different and so on and so forth. It also could be because you're not asking anybody out. I don't know which of those Let's applies. not go crazy, Fitzgerald. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> it, it's it, it, these are the mysteries that we're working with here. And, and along those lines, let me set myself out, okay? Let me put the point the finger at myself because here's the thing. If you ask me to tell you the story of how I met my wife and how I came to be not single, here's the story I'll tell you. I'll say I was working full-time doing uh, ministry with juveniles in the juvenile lockup, and every day I'm in there with the, these young uh, people who are suffering and had bad families, and I'm in there loving them and nurturing them and, and dealing with them, but I'm a single guy, and I go back to an empty apartment every night, and I cook beans and eat beans from a can, and I'm lonely, and, thing, and, and I go to a conference, and I meet an, 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 a woman who is way out of my league, like crazy out of my league, but she finds out what I do in ministry she's already in full-time ministry she's got lots of guys asking her out there in full-time ministry but none of them are doing it like i'm doing it and she finds that sexy and so i say you know what i'm going to take advantage of that i this is this is i can exploit this mindset and she and i start uh decide to start a relationship uh, at this seminar, we both go back to separate cities because we both live in separate cities. She's in Lansing, Michigan. I'm at, at that point in Houston, Texas. And here's what happens. We start a long-distance relationship wherein we decide to be married before we have our first date. Okay. I have just told you the the camp story that every uh, camp speaker tells to the kids about the, the most ideal way to meet your wife. Okay. Now, I'm going to tell you everything else about my dating life. Here it goes. I have probably asked out more women than you could imagine. <laughs> I have, I have uh, 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 pursued more relationships times 100 than anyone that you know. My dating life was the most depraved, sexually immoral journey that you could possibly imagine where I did everything wrong in every direction that you could conceive of if you could think of it i had been after that and here's the thing i ran that into the ground by being selfish and not knowing how to have healthy relationships and i got so, in such an awful state i literally just shut down my dating life afterwards and then four years later i met my wife 
That's what really happened with my dating life. I didn't have all these dating experiences. I didn't learn from this. I didn't go on this whole journey. I wasn't rewarded with whatever. That's not what happened. What happened was I pursued this thing with everything I had. I worked through all these things. I learned these lessons. I figured out women broke up with me and said, you're awful. And I figured out they were right. And I worked on it. That's how I came to have a healthy relationship with my wife. It's not the dramatic testimony. That's not how this came about. Uh, that's what I want you to, to, to fixate on is if you're a single there's steps that you can take to deal with that. It do, it's not, you know, it's all going to happen at once. But we want you to recognize that we're we're with you, we're behind you, we want to help you with that. But you cannot enter the dating pool with an attitude that says, "Probably Jesus don't want me to have anybody because I'm wicked." That attitude, bless your heart, is not sexy. No. Uh, and that's not conducive to having healthy relationships. So uh, we want you to have that that zeal and passion that you love God, that you're not falling for any foolishness, and you want a man in your life that's not on that foolishness either. Totally. Jed? Well, Daron, I'm sorry you're hurting. Um, I, I'm sorry people have told you a bunch of nonsense about the Lord, and I'm sorry that you're lonely, and I'm sorry that it sucks. Um, here, here's what uh, we, we want you to know one thing. We want you to do one thing. We want you to know that we believe in you. Um, uh, and not only do we believe in you, the Lord believes in you. He's, he's with you. I'm, I'm sorry that you've been lied to about how God feels about you, but he, he loves you. He's on your side, and he cares about the fact that you're lonely. He'd like to do something about that. Um, uh, I hope you've heard all three of us say that because it's the truth. Here's the thing we'd like to encourage you to do. Start thinking and praying, what's the one next step I'm going to take? What's the one step I'm going to take towards doing something about my desire to be in a relationship? Here's a suggestion. I want to encourage you to think about getting involved in some kind of thing like an eHarmony and look into hooking up a coffee date with a person. Just want to encourage you to think and pray about could that be the right next step for me. Uh, don't be a stranger. If you want to talk about that stuff in detail, you can hit any of us on our email or our inboxes. We'd love to talk to you further. But the Lord's on your side. Start thinking and praying about what that one next step is to move forward. Absolutely. We want to uh, be very clear about something here. There are some tenets of the Christian faith that are easily understood that if someone's saying something that goes against that, they're making some crap up, probably to get money off you. See the beginning of this show. Jesus says very clearly in the book of Matthew, the rain falls on the just and the unjust alike. Here's what that means. Good things happen to people who are righteous and sinful. Bad things happen to people who are righteous and sinful. Hello. If you try to zoom the camera in on every aspect and incident in your life and decide whether or not that's God punishing you for doing things right or wrong, you will drive yourself nuts. Yeah. And if you ask the person at your apparently jacked up church with these books, the answer is always going to be you are doing things wrong and that's why you're unhappy with your life. And guess what? Come back next week and put more money in the plate and I'll give you one more way to do it right and then we'll get closer and that will go on forever or until you're out of money, whichever comes first. Welcome to church. <laughs> not all of them are like that. Sounds like yours is, as we've said, get out of there. It's not that you're doing anything wrong. It's just that you're not taking the right steps. We believe in you. We're there for you. If you have a question for us, say that podcast at gmail.com or thebridgechicago.tumblr.com. If you want to sign up for Bridgebox, missionusa.com slash bridgebox or the Lee Younger branded version, missionusa.com slash BBLY. Do either one of those or leave a review on our Bridge Loud podcast for a little time. And you can get your choice of previously run Say That Merch t-shirt knit cap or bands or you can get the Lee Younger t-shirt if you sign up for Lee's Bridge Box. Thanks for listening. Just remember we love you. God loves you. There's nothing you can do about it. The Say That Ultracast Sasquatch Free and Mega Pop. Wow. Well done. Nice.